It's time for you to look inward and begin asking yourself the big questions. Who are you? And what do you want? The greatest illusion of this world is the illusion of separation. You can't wait around for someone to help you. You have to help yourself. All right, Amanda Vollmer. First time really speaking to her. Uh, but uh, what's pretty funny about this interview, if you get to watch the video, uh, which I will have on my channel shortly. I have to um, edit the clips and put it on my channel. But uh, there's a pretty funny part where she's taking a drink in between um, her long explanations and answers and very detailed answers, absolutely appreciated answers, but um, where I just uh, almost get her to spit up the uh, what she's drinking. is pretty, It was pretty funny. That was the highlight for me. Uh, yeah. So without any further ado, have fun and listen to Amanda Vomer's very good explanations on very complicated topics. I can now. All right, Amanda. <laughs> Pleasure to have you. What, a, what an honor to have Amanda Vollmer on the Health Summit. I mean, Amanda, how do I, this is what I thought about, like, how do I properly introduce Amanda? <laughs> I mean, I could read your bio, but when I think of Amanda, it's like thinking of somebody who has like supernatural power. Uh, Amanda is somebody that I can't even begin to describe because she's indescribable. She has a wealth of information, a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of research, and she shares it extremely eloquently. So that's the best I can do is, is to say that you're incredible. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's Amanda in a nutshell. And, I, and you've had a massive impact on me and my journey. And just if I could share really briefly, it's I came across your content when I was researching vaccination. And you did a whole talk about how vaccines and the, the cult of the medical model. And then I started digging deeper into your videos and your research. And you're somebody that I've always drawn from. I've drawn from your wisdom. I've drawn from your what you see and what you share. And uh, you've always been a light for me and for people. I know you do that for a lot of people in your life. And, and I can't thank you enough for what you're doing in the world and for being on this summit with us. So um, without further ado, we have Sinjin and Matthew here as well. And we're super excited to connect with you. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Hello, Amanda. So, just to give you a little update, unfortunately, our stream is not going to Facebook. I'm trying to send it. I tried to send it this morning and it's not going, but it's going to YouTube. So if you want to go ahead and broadcast through your channels, you can go that you can go that route as well. Okay, I can just um, if you give me a sec, then I'll just go into restream and see if I can do it. I was having problems with Facebook for a bit, too, um, because they changed the parameters of how you stream. You actually have to unhook it completely and then add it again fresh every time or it won't work. So, which is, Maybe. I don't know why they did that, but <laughs> very I'm annoying. Gonna go to, I'm gonna go to your page then and try and mirror the stream if you can get it up. But I just wanna say thank you as well. I love, you're like a fearless person on um, social media. So it's such a great time and great place to be here in the same space as you so thank you so much for just being yourself and really just moving forward fear fearlessly sharing what you have been researching and come to know um, it's been a very big inspiration just for me to really step it up and and voice my opinion and be able to question and 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 talk about things so that's great I mean <laughs> did you see my uh, rant yesterday 
No, I, I missed that one. I, there was a few of them that I was trying to watch, but they were they weren't connecting. Actually, like you, I don't know if it wasn't it was being censored or what was going on, but I, I wasn't able to really like actually get in there to hear what you were saying. Yeah, well, it's been a busy week for me. I've had interviews every day this week. I've never had that in my life, so it's been kind of a whirlwind. But then I had an interesting experience yesterday. Um, with some people who had come into my store. And sometimes when things happen like that, there's more to it. There's a reason or a rationale for why. And it was so, um, the fire of Kalima came through me. Like it was just out of this world. And so after I had basically um, given them a tongue lashing, uh, I changed the policies in my store to basically no people like no one with a mask is allowed in my store now is over like I was just saying on my store you can wear a mask but you don't have to here this is irrelevant right and then <laughs> these two boobs that who came in I just I just I had it I was done so uh it was fascinating because um then I did this impassioned rant because I just you know what it's ridiculous um it's 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 called enough is enough because I have had enough <laughs> of uh of this whole charade you know like when is it what's it going to take for these people are they going to wear masks forever is that it now like now we're just masked people forever we're just going to mask until we die and then we'll train our children to mask and, and they'll train their children and and that's our future is that it because <laughs> They don't seem to ever want to stop wearing masks. It's really bizarre. I just uh, wanted to give some attention to the comments. So for you, Amanda, XOXO31040, XOXO says hi. Heart, uh, hi, Amanda, heart emoji. Um, so you're getting some love here in the comment section. Love you, Amanda, says DV McClellan, I believe. And, and some more, you're on fire. So, so a lot of love in the chat. So thank you guys for participating and being here. Wish the more people in the store would do the same. I think. Yeah. yeah, I'm almost there. I'm just setting it up in OBS. So it should work. I will start streaming now. And if you wanna just check on my Facebook to see if it worked. Um, you want, you want to check on that, Matthew? On it, looking in, into it now. Oh, you know what? I wonder if this worked on YouTube because I don't think I connected. Might have gone to YouTube in a weird way. Let me check that. You check Facebook, I'll check YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I've just done over here. <laughs> Let's see. I was up really late. I was on a really great but late radio show or podcast last night. And uh, it was amazing. It, it was it was quite technical. I was talking about chromosome eight, some of the information. Oh, it looks like we're live there too. So that's good. So we're good? we're good? Live on Facebook, yeah. All right, cool. Good? Okay, cool. So I think what we really want to, I mean, I'd love to dig, dig in a bit to your history and your story and how you came to be who you are today. Um, but since we're running a little bit behind and I really want to leave you enough time and enough runway to touch on the germ theory versus terrain theory and really illustrate for us like what we're currently living in and how our paradigm for everybody, they deserve to, to have their paradigm shifted and to really think about the narrative in a whole different light. 
and to understand that the germ theory and how you know it plays into all this stuff that we're all currently living under and i know that you have a lot you want to share in that regard so if you could touch briefly on like your history and kind of some of your epiphany moments and then go into germ theory well i mean my whole life has been weird <laughs> uh for lack of a better word um I'm, i was never a normie as they call them so you know i was always looking outside the box i was always questioning things. I was always looking at my reality slightly altered. I was a creative mind. I was an artist. You know, I, I wanted to always find something fresh in this world. And uh, I soon started to realize that um, a lot of what was going on in this world wasn't accurate. Like, you know, it doesn't take many experiences with adults to realize they don't have it all together. Okay. <laughs> they don't know everything. We haven't figured everything out. They don't know everything. I started to see weird stuff going on in politics. And my dad would always wax about politics and how these, you know, these, these uh, charlatans were ruining us and damaging economies. And, and so I already kind of had an idea that mm, there's a lot of things that we really haven't figured out yet. We, we, we wax all like, ooh, look how tech we are and look how forward we are and look how how better we are than how we used to live in, in, in different communities and stuff like, like tribal communities, right? As if we were better than that. It's just a really strange, because I, I think it's the opposite. <laughs> so um, I was always a seeker. That's it. I was always reading and looking and learning and, and, and trying to figure it out. And I think that mindset is super important because it was that that got me to here, right? If you're just, oh, I do what my parents and teachers and politicians tell me and I don't question reality and I just am a good girl or a good boy and I follow the ethics of my culture, my cult, and don't rock the boat and just get a good job, get married, have five kids, whatever, you know, like have a white picket fence. If that, and that's fine. If that's your, your path in this life, by all means. But that was definitely not my path in this lifetime. And I remember... Um, when I was a lot younger, um, I would start to have experiences, mystical experiences, where animals would always find me that were either hurt or needing to cross over. They were ready to die. And I would have these experiences multiple times a week. So I would, uh, a bird would come up to me with a broken wing or a mouse would find me that was, and would die in my hands or um, I'd have like other, you know, cats or dogs or whatever that was in, I had a snake once that I had a very spiritual experience with. And so I felt very drawn to the animal world because of these experiences that kept happening to me where animals kept coming to me, um, like wild animals or, or pets or whatever, but just randomly. So that was sort of a, an interesting piece of the puzzle. And then um, I, I began to want to be able to heal because obviously these injured creatures kept coming to me. And I knew that you know, we were limited in what we could provide. And that's when I started studying energy medicine and, and really um, reading about vibration and frequency and color and light. And one of the first books I read was this book called Vibrations. And it was about color therapy, vibrational sound therapy, um, and radionics. And I was like captured. I, I was like, what? What do you mean that this radionics machine isn't even plugged into a wall? Okay. And you're basically scrying on it to get with dials to get 
disease diagnosis and, and the cure that follows it by charging the frequencies into water and drinking. And I was like, huh? So for me, just understanding that there's a whole other understanding of how this is all working. Um, I also met Dr. Emoto behind me. There's a picture, you can't really see it, but I met um, Dr. Mazaru Emoto um, probably before naturopathic college. And that was also important for me. There, you know, the, there's little um, posts on the road of your, you know, where you, they, it really imprints on you. And, and so I've had many of those types of experiences and he was one of them for sure. Like he penetrated into my soul, that guy. Um, and it, it just helped me again to remember that if, if you can, if you can change a frequency of water by your intention, then we've got more power to us than we really think. And maybe the story we're being told is, is not quite right. And I'd already unpacked a lot of lies. Like I knew that immune system wasn't really what we were told it was. I realized then I started studying things like genetics. I started studying um, immunology. And I was like, this is our immunology. This is all we have. It's a, it's a, it's a baby book. Like it's, it's not deep, you know, where's the historical depth of our knowledge. It's, a, it's a new, that's when I realized a lot of these ideas are very new. They're new and they blanket over our ancient knowledge. And so I didn't ever really, immunology never really stuck with me. They're all war analogies. We're killing, everything has to be about killing and sequestering and and this is all of your uh, glands are all about just making these particles to kill stuff and gulf stuff. It's like, yeah, I don't know about that. I, I think there's more to the story that we're not being told here. So I was always skeptical about that stuff. And then I read, um, then I, you know, I went through naturopathic college. I did all that stuff. I always questioned the germ theory because I studied the nature doctors. Um, all the nature doctors were using like hydrotherapy, iridology, um, hands-on healing, uh, you know, homeopathy. They were using energy medicines primarily and having amazing successes, obviously, or they wouldn't keep doing it. And um, and then we we're getting all into, I loved botanicals, but I loved the energetics of botanicals. I, I wanted to understand the flavors and the synergies and, and then the alchemy of them, right? Not the, the physical, the biophysical uh, effects are fascinating. And yes, we obviously have very intricate biochemistry, but that's just secondary. The, the, the submolecular or the frequency, that's where you really start to get action. And I started to notice in naturopathic college, there were so many green allopaths in there. There were so many wannabe MDs in, in that, in that um, school, and they didn't really care about vibration energy. They didn't really get it. They were just there probably for a job rather than that was their calling. Because um, I went into that as this is something I need to do to, to understand medicine, to understand life right? To get to the matter, the, the base of the matter, not just to get a job and make money. And like, it was never, ever my aim. And I was, I was quite disappointed at a lot of the beliefs and a lot of naturopaths even think vaccines are useful and, and helpful and stuff, which was a show, just a, a shock to me. And even antibiotics, like they would get sick and they go, oh yeah, I went to the doctor and got antibiotics. I'm like, you're a naturopath. Why would you even go to them? I don't understand what you're doing. We're nature doctors, okay? We we know better. Uh, so that was also an eye But it was in. Um, it was about. Geez, it, I mean, I already didn't believe in vaccines. I think that was probably the beginning of the whole germ theory unraveling. Vaccines didn't make any sense, okay? 
And I was always studying and always learning about why they're fraudulent, the history of them and that sort of thing. And so I think I easily got to terrain theory through a few uh, areas. One, vaccines are bunk, garbage science, don't hold any water. Two, um, terrain is everything. And we know this in holistic medicine. We always treat the terrain and everything else clears up on its own. You don't go after the individual things. You don't go killing and manipulating the end result. You actually go for the root cause and you support that and you add the nutrition and you detox the body and then everything else will sort itself out. Um, I knew that we had microbes, literally every part of our body. Um, and I, I knew about, so microbiome, but we also started talking about the virome in our bodies, that we have our own types of viruses, which are part of our milieu. And, and so, it, you know, you see how you can piece together all of these things. And then eventually I had this aha moment <laughs> when it was about three and a half years ago now, maybe close to four and I started, I remember I was working with a friend of mine and I said, you know, this virus thing, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to start researching that a little deeper. I have something wrong here. I don't, I don't really, I, I never liked saying it. I never like, I never believe it. There's something off about it and, and, and chicken pox parties and all these, these things that are supposed to be contagious. And I had some exposures to people who had things that I probably should have gotten if it was, and it didn't make sense. And so Really, it was just, you know, all of these little tendrils that had come together where I went, you know what, I'm going to research that next because I got to look into it. I, if I'm responsibly doing videos and presenting information now, I better do my due diligence on all of these different topics and figure it out so I'm not misleading people. Because I felt like every time I was talking about anything related to killing a virus, like taking a, an herb or a supplement to kill a virus, it didn't sit right with me. It didn't sit right in my intuition and it definitely didn't sit right in the knowledge that I had gained so far. So I definitely um, sat with it for a while and I questioned it for a while, just like somebody who's unraveling something will do. And then finally, I, I started to do deeper research, just like what happened with DMSO, just like any topic that I was like very curious about, I started to do deep research, just like anything that anybody ever kind of gets a little question mark over their head about, like, you know, the official story of 9-11. This doesn't sit right with me. Maybe I should do some research, you know, same deal. And so then... Um, I found John Rappaport. I found, um, actually, who was it? It was actually, can't remember the person's name, but he actually wrote an article about Dr. Stefan Lanka. It was the very first piece that I read. And then I was like, Stefan Lanka, and he's German. I'm German. This is cool. You know, <laughs> hey, have you Gateson? You know, like, <laughs> so I, I, I was like, and, and, and he, he was just right up my alley. I, I totally could hear him, you know, um, and, I read everything. I just devoured his information. And then I went to John Rappaport after that. And then I already knew about Robert O. Young. It was so weird. I'm like, oh yeah, of course, Robert O. Young was talking about this stuff way back when I, you know, was at, had my healing arts center. I remember some people who were really uh, fanatical about his stuff, even though I didn't think the alkaline uh, thing was quite so accurate. Like it was a little there was a, a, something wrong there. Like <laughs> you don't just get alkaline. There's, we have acid places and alkaline places in our bodies. You don't, it's not a general thing. Right. Um, so I think I discounted his work then because of that. Right. Cause it's easy to do that with somebody. You have to learn to discern and sift through and, you know, you might not be right about one thing, but they're right about like a million other things. So, cause everybody's learning and growing and it's okay to make mistakes because that's how we learn. And, that 
sort of process. So I had to double back on his work. And really it was I'm not, I'm not thinking there are many more that I, so it was like the DMSO story. I'm like, there's hardly anybody talking about this. This is weird. Why are we not talking about this more? Like there's no viruses. There's never been a, you mean there's never been a, a virus ever isolated ever. Okay. That's kind of a big deal. You know, if we're believing that, vi that viruses cause these crazy diseases and vaccines are there to prevent the virus from causing the disease, then the entire story falls apart. So nothing is holding water here. And then I, I, I actually, I think it was the last time I ever got sick. Um, I happened to lose my voice. And that's when I did one of the first videos on there's no viruses. So it's a really hard one to listen to because I'm like, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> but I didn't care because I'm like, I have to talk about that. <laughs> oh man. But that's, that's really how I got from, you know, from, that <laughs> bumpy road to there's no viruses. This is all bollocks. Holy cow. You know? Yeah. I remember that video. I've watched it many times to, to refresh my memory on what you shared back then. And uh, I think Sinjin Larson has a question. He wants to jump in here and ask you. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, well, I have a, a million questions, but I'll just relate with you on just kind of how you got into frequencies and, and understanding like electricity and, and the human body. Cause that's kind of where basically where I'm realizing I want to start understanding more, especially the more books I read, the more people I talk to and, and become open to, because I, I believe you're um, Reiki certified or Reiki master. Is that true? Okay. Yeah. So I, um, well first like, okay. So like, many years ago, six, seven years ago, I got acupuncture for the first time. And cause I was dealing with respiratory issues and I actually started, and I was taking a lot of um, prescription medicine that wasn't working. It would work and then it wouldn't work. And I just get repetitive cycle. And um, so I went to an acupuncturist just to do something different and it actually worked. It really what it did is just calm me down and just like relaxed me. And she basically just gave me vitamin D drops because I was living in upstate New York in the Adirondacks at the time. And she just said, take the vitamin D, come back to see me next week or in two weeks or whatever. And it was working. And I was like, all she's giving me is vitamin D and she's poking me with needles. This is super weird. And uh, that's what really started opening my mind. And then um, I had a friend who was really getting into um, energy, like just researching and um he started getting more into reiki and i was like that's super interesting that's weird i didn't really pay too much attention to it but i acknowledged it and was open to that he was doing that um so i ended up meeting somebody in vermont when i was living in vermont and she did reiki on me and i can't really explain it to be honest with you it was like just very relaxing but i ended i ended up just like passing out it felt like but at one point i literally felt like I was floating off the table. Like I wasn't on the table anymore. And um, I just was okay with it. <laughs> I mean, my eyes were closed, so I didn't know what was going on. And then I, um, the, the session was over and I, I was explaining to her what I was, what was going on. And she was just like, Hmm, that was interesting. Just like kind of smirking at me, but she wouldn't really tell me what was happening. And um, I ended up moving just with all this information in my head and just kind of letting it go I was still doing stuff with environmental science working on farms and then doing internships and whatnot and then finally i got my health got to a point where i couldn't i couldn't stand it anymore i had to look deeper and that's when i got into like traditional chinese medicine and naturopathy and and basically just integrative health in general and um 
I came back to Reiki at one point because I was always super interested in that. And uh, it happened again to me with a different practitioner down here. And then um, I got to know her a little bit more and she did more. And I actually just got Reiki two days ago. And it, it doesn't, that doesn't happen to me anymore. I haven't, at least it hasn't happened yet. I've done smaller sessions, only half hour instead of an hour. But I always feel like I'm buzzing, like it's like a natural high. And then it gets to be like this aura around my body that I start to feel. And it's like almost like this weird bubble, it feels like that I feel. It's just like kind of moving in and out. And um, I'm getting to a point here. But basically, understanding that there's this whole kind of like electrical frequency wavelength realm that I'm very... Um, unaware of in the depth of it, it gets me questioning to what we're talking about now with the um, germ, germ theory versus terrain theory. Because so I've, I, we have uh, um, Will Trebbing on later and I read his book, um, Goodbye Germ Theory. And, there, and in there, he talks about um, pleomorphism or polymorphism and how basically the, your microbiome and, and the, um, the, your micro, yeah, your microbiome, the, the organisms within you that are living there, basically, um, they, they change, like they completely like shape shift, in a sense, that's what how I got it. I'm still like trying to wrap my head around how it works. But that started to make me think about frequency and energy and how okay, these things have to be somehow connected. And that's how, like thoughts and belief systems and these things, like come into us, and then we can speak them. And then we, then we start to actually manifest them into physical things. Like you, you see a desk in your head, you want to build a desk. I see it in my mind, I speak about it, research it. And then all of a sudden you're, you're building the desk. It becomes a real thing. And um, yeah, I guess if you want to start to, I know you're going to get into it, but if that's where, if, if that's a good entry point, um, talking about pleomorphism or polymorphism, I don't know. I think that's the same thing, but um, if you want to just touch on that and then go into basically terrain theory for people. Sure. Yeah. I mean, energy, understanding energy, vibration, frequency is really important because that's what we are. That's what this place is. This is an electrical uh, reality, right? And uh, we run on our own electricity and everything that we eat and do is about electrifying us and making sure that our meridians are communicating properly, that we have these little tubes. Basically, we're little tubes. We're full of little tubes, our entire body, our whole brain, little tubes. And if any of those tubes get blocked or stagnant, uh, then what happens is you get pooling. And then what happens is when you get not flowing, not movement, because everything we're doing is about movement, uh, stagnation, think about a stagnant pond what what happens in a stagnant pond right you start getting <laughs> weird creatures coming and breeding and mosquitoes and, and and all of these things because stuff's festering inside of it because waste can't get out and that's the same inside of our bodies and then um that starts to change the ph in that local area and the pH starts to change, of course, the histology, which is the, the cellular tissue shape. And I always talk about, you know, form is function. So once you lose, lose the form, you lose the function. Uh, then you start to see metabolic problems. You start to see um, cell degradation. You get chronic inflammation. So, so it, really, it really begins when your flow stops, okay? And that's how it all starts. 
and this is like disease. This is what we're, we're terming as disease. And that could be because you have a toxin that has damaged tissue in an area and that stops the flow. It could be because you're stressed, that stops the flow. It could be because you're nutritionally deficient and you don't have the electricity from the nutrition to do the job of continuing things moving along and, and getting waste out of the system. And then when you start to change the pH, what happens? Well, the somatids or microzyma, there's multiple names that because many different healers and practitioners uh, identified them around a similar time frame. They were all looking at it around, <coughs> excuse me, the 1900s, 1930s. Um, and what they started to realize is the somatid is an ultra, um, uh, ultra microscopic subcellular living and reproducing entity. And uh, it is basically the precursor of DNA and is the building blocks of all terrestrial life, everything. And they're everywhere. They're literally everywhere. Um, in the body, we have the cycle of the somatids and that's visible in every, all the blood. <clears throat> Excuse me. So all the blood. And if you can predict that and interpret that, you can actually pre-diagnose degenerative diseases by up to about 18 months. Okay, so if you know how to read the living blood, you can see in the living blood what's wrong with the body before it even shows overt symptoms. So you want to talk preventative medicine, we got to figure out the somatid biology, okay? Now, Gaston Nasons, he had a microscope called the somatoscope. And now, just to give you perspective, our conventional microscopes that most people are using to say that there's a virus or say that there's a bacterium or whatever that they have to remove from the living blood, stain, flatten, smoosh, and put on a slide, uh, which is like, to me, that's like the most dark ages tech that we have. Like here we have these cell phones that are like these crazy computers in our pockets. And we have these microscopes from the dinosaur age, really. Um, and they do that on purpose because they don't want, they don't want this stuff out. If they had the real microscopes, they would be like, well, it's over because <laughs> none of this stuff makes any sense. And the entire, all the stuff we've been writing about in the science uh, journals is completely wrong. Okay. So we're talking about a 2,500 di diameter limit in a conventional microscope. Gaston Nasons, he was Canadian. He was in Quebec. The, his, his somatoscope looked at uh, uh, living blood at 30,000 diameters, okay? 30,000 compared to 2,500, what we do today. Of course, what did they do to him? They uh, raided his uh, offices. He, they stole the somatoscope. They dismantled it. They tortured anybody who also had a somatoscope from him, threatened their lives. This is, this is the health officials doing this, okay? This is what we're dealing with here. They don't want you to have this because if you do, if we did, we knew we would know the germ theories bunk. We would know vaccines are bunk. We would know antibiotics are dangerous. We wouldn't do their drugs. We would understand how to heal disease and it would be over for them. And it overnight, it would be over for them. So <clears throat> it's important to understand that we have Bechamp, we have Rife, we have Nasons. And these were some of the big three um, individuals who figured it out that we have a whole lineage of these small particulates that are pleomorphic in our blood that bleb off of the red blood cell membrane and that are found in every living thing deep into the soil, in the oceans, they're everywhere and they're indestructible. 
they are life itself. That's what they are. It's like, if you want to look at the fundamental basis of life, it is that particle. And it's a particle that the modern medicine cult wholly ignores. Uh, although I did find a study, I'll have to dig it up. I did find it. I think it was two studies where they actually used a live blood cell microscope for, for once. And they found, oh, they were like, this is interesting. This doesn't really uh, work with some of our other ideas. And I was like, yeah, well, let's just keep going. <laughs> keep looking. Um, so then we have uh, another dedicated science scientist, uh, Royal Raymond Reif, and he created the universal microscope. And that was, ready for it, 60,000 times of an amplification and did not kill the specimens. Okay, so he could observe everything going on in real time, see how they're reacting to stimuli. And his observation was that bacteria could change into viruses, viruses could change uh, form and could move and do other things. Then they would go back into bacteria and then they, oh, they could go into fungal forms. They could change their shape into fungal forms. They could go into molds forms. They could go into sporoform. And when they were done the job of whatever that particular pleomorphic, uh, which just means to change or polymorphic, it is the same word. It just means to uh, change shape. Okay. When they were done, they would revert right back into the smallest particle and go dormant. And that was triggered for them based on the environment, based on the terrain. So that's where we get the terrain theory, because it's the terrain that dictates the outcome of the somatids. And so he had a, um, this is 1934, he had a clinic um, where he was curing cancer within a few months, understanding that what happens when you get the stagnation in cancer you get these uh, virus particles coming to try to deal with it, trying to repair DNA, trying to get uh, waste particles out of the area, uh, desperate to restore the terrain into its proper space. Now, I would say he, he worked it differently. So what he decided to do was to kill or to revert the microorganisms away or back from that at, while he was supporting the health of the patient so they would heal instead of just not killing them just worrying or concerning yourself about the terrain if he just did that he would have also had the same cure rate but he was still working on some of the germ theory thinking that it's a bad bug and they should kill it um, but other practitioners didn't do that and also had results that you know you don't have to kill your own cells in order to get the job done. Now, there's, op there's situations where the body is so toxic and so full of the bacterial particles and fungal particles that, sure, you might want to beat it back a little bit while you strengthen the terrain, while you detox, while, you know, there might be a, an argument for, you know, killing for a little bit. But you don't want to take that all the way too far. And that's what the modern medical cult does with cancer treatment is they use radiation and chemo and they kill all of those guys there. They kill all of your, your helpers um, because they think it's the cause. And what, ha what happens? Well, the symptoms that you see um, are part and parcel of the breakdown of these somatids. And the symptoms are obviously uncomfortable and obvious and so forth. But if you get rid of those workers and you um, suppress the mechanism that the body is doing to try to work through the stagnation and you chase the stagnation somewhere else in the body, you'll look like you've cured it. You'll look like you've chased it away. 
The problem is it's never been properly dealt with and it'll return again. It might be five years, might be less, might be seven years before it comes back again. So that's why they get away with a lot of their, you know, fake numbers and fake science and bad research and whatever, because they don't care about the long term. They only care about did the patient, did the patient symptoms go away? Then it's cured. That's it. It doesn't matter if it's for a day or a year or whatever. And so it's not real healing, you see. Now, Rife was um, curing 40 patients a day doing a lot of this stuff. He was healing like cataracts and herpes and tuberculosis and all the stuff with his Rife equipment. Um, of course, what happens, you have <clears throat> the AMA, which was designed specifically by the pharmaceutical companies to be the muscle and the bully to chase away any competitors. Um, and he was certainly uh, affected and attacked by that. You can actually find a book about all of this. It's called uh, The Cancer Cure That Worked by Barry Lines, uh, L-Y-N-E-S, The Cancer Cure That Worked by Barry Lines. He talks about this time frame. He worked, he, he took Rife's information and he started his own clinic and did that. And he was also jailed and tortured and just horrible things happened. Like, hey, we cured cancer. Oh, really? you go to jail for 20 years, you know? That was the response. And to this day, you can't claim that you cure anything or you'll go to jail. Um, so then with this, um, all of this uh, information, we had the war come up. Um, <clears throat> German invasion happened in France, uh, in, in, in the University of Lille, Gaston, and, uh, <clears throat> that kind of blew up Gaston Nason's whole experience because that's where he was um, and uh, in France, uh, right? So he was French and then he moved to Canada. That's what, that's his heritage. And uh, he, but he built this superior microscope again. So after the whole war thing happened and he lost all the stuff, he, he moved away and then he rebuilt it again. I mean, this poor guy, no wonder his psych psychology, his psyche cracked because <laughs> you're doing something amazing and, and all you're getting back is attack. And then you, you, you lose your microscope that you worked on and then you move to another country and then you build it again and you get the same thing again. I mean, the guy was lost his mind at the end and gave up just like Renee Case did when she was curing people uh, with uh, using nutrition and, 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 and healing their livers she was healing them by cleaning up their blood, right? Getting the rivers of the blood moving properly again. So she was curing cancer like, like easily in her basement, in her house. And they did the same thing. They attacked her and tortured her and, you know, uh, charged her and all this stuff. And she, she just gave up and, and became depressed. You know, this is what we do to the healers. You know, this is the behavior of, of these institutions that, that so many people bow down to and think are great and actually listen to their advice. Like you listen to the WHO, the CDC, the AMA, all these corrupt organizations. Well, they're the ones who have suppressed this knowledge for, the, for hundreds of years, you know. I mean, suppressed all our ancient traditional remedies, all our herbal remedies, uh, attacked homeopathy, destroyed homeopathic hospitals. These people are criminals. So why are you listening to them when they say wear a mask or don't wear a mask or, or take a vaccine or, or take a drug? Why would you even have, give them any merit? They're cr literally criminals. They're literally like mob goons, all right? So we have like a UV understanding of, of microscopes as well and the certain wavelengths of light. And Gaston really understood that UV was part of seeing these particles. So um, 
He would use a, multi, a crossover of light, a, lamp, a mercury lamp and halogen lamp together. And so when he designed that, he, he had these 90 degree angled light. And as the light waves came down the tube with these two electromagnetic fields superimposed on each other at 90 degrees, which is called a scalar formation, it went through this monochromatic filter and then it created a monochromatic ray. I mean, the guy was brilliant to think that, right? And then it goes into a large coil and then the coil divides all the rays into these parallel rays that pass through what's called a Kerr cell, K-E-R-R. -R. And that will increase the frequency of the ray and then it's injected into the specimen. And so basically he's using the right kind of light in the correct UV range to see these particles. And the particles actually give off their own light. So Rife called that luminescence. Rife was probably one of the first people to use the word luminescence. And Gaston found that out as well. So they, they carry what? Light. The particles inside of our body are filled with light. So now coming back full circle to energy healing and vibration, right? So if you pull light into your body through meditation, through envisioning light, Okay, simple, very simple. I, this is part of Reiki, okay? This is part of hands-on healing where you infuse light into people, right? That's why you feel like you're floating off the table. Your whole field is being infused with light. All of your uh, energy portals in your body and your shashumna going through all your energy portals and then all the mini energy roadways and tubes are all filled with light and that frequency cleanses and cleans and, and removes waste and mobilizes things. And guess what? Reestablishes your own somatids, feeding them back with light. If you take them out and put them in a microscope or you witness them in the living blood, they luminesce. Okay. So that means they have their own source energy. So that's why they, they said that these particles are life itself. Everything that is alive comes from them. Our DNA is born of them. They are the fundamental foundations of everything, of our life force and of, of who we are and what we are. Yet we ignore these particles that modern medicine ensures that we do not even know they exist. So that's, it's, it's vital, vital information. Does anyone have any questions about that? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say you're like a human search engine when it comes to all this information. <laughs> like, I'm writing notes down as you're speaking, by the way, so I can, because uh, we have viewer questions and stuff. Um, so you, you touched on so many awesome points. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and the way you explain it too, I, I can, it's easier to follow. So that's, a, that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, I'd like to say I do not cure, treat, or diagnose disease. I think the people on this panel can say that as well. <laughs> um, and I'd like to say, that uh, maybe maybe it's not a uh, it's kind of like a little bit of a sidestep, but the uh, we have some viewer questions and they wonder how you deal with like the social um, isolation and stuff like that. Because some people they, they you know they're not as uh, knowledgeable as you are, and you have like a business and everything, so you're a bit established, but you weren't always. Like, how did you deal with that? So people can get some some insight. Well. You know, um, the social isolation that's been imposed on us, uh, it's different for different countries, obviously, in different areas. Um, I don't, I've always been very, um, I have two aspects of my 
my persona. I'm, I'm actually a sort of like a hermit in a way. I, I don't mind being alone. I don't mind going off into quiet silence and reflecting and reading and doing my thing, right? A lot of people are so stimulated all the time that they're bothered when the quiet comes. I think this is an opportunity for people to enjoy the silence, to quote a Depeche Mode song, um, you know, and to um, ask instead of, instead of looking at it as a negative, right? Look at it as why, if we are one being, and we're having a spiritual experience and we are, we've forgotten the divinity that we are because we wanted to forget so that we could um, go through a growth phase of our souls. If that's what's happening, then what would be the opportunity in being isolated right now? And how could I turn that into a positive? How could I benefit from this opportunity rather than letting myself and my mind go into a place that affects my health? Because you know, in a moment of your thinking, you can change your blood, okay? And we know this from studying live blood. If you are in a, if you're, if you believe you're sick, your blood goes right to business in getting you sick, okay? If you believe you're well, and that's just bollocks, and don't worry about that, it's not about ignorance, it's about transformation. You still go about your life, style improving your, your yourself you're not going to just damage yourself and say i'm fine that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about i'm transforming my beliefs about what i think is happening here and it's the same thing i'm saying about this isolation you know which is playing on our psyches so first of all we are never alone we have our guides we have angels with us we have our our loved ones who have crossed over many of them will stay by you um, we have god we have um, our friends and family that are not alone. We can still talk to. We can we can um, go have secret meetings with them. <laughs> you know, like you know, in the Gestapo times, we'd be like, okay, you know, meet me on the corner of whatever, and uh, you know. So you can still just get hugs. Just make sure you're touching and get hugs. Don't don't fall for the crap lie. You're not going to catch anything. You're not doing anything wrong by touching somebody. Um, you know, I hug my daughter more than ever before, really, because of all of this, because, and we cuddle, we, you know, it's get, get the touch where you, where you can make sure you touch people. They're trying to make us not ever touch anybody ever again. I on purpose hug literally everybody that comes into my store. So, you know, touch, hug, touch a shoulder, uh, overcome that. So there's that whole thing. And then if you are alone more, then reflect, uh, journal do artwork, paint, movement of the body, stretching, deep breathing, meditation. Take five minutes. It doesn't have to be, oh, I'm meditating for an hour. Da, 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 da. No, five minutes, close your eyes, deep breathe, put a candle on if you want to, put on some gentle music if you want to, whatever, however you, it works for you. And just sit with your spine upright and just allow nothingness to come through you, okay? <laughs> Oh, I'm thinking about that. That's fine. Move it along. Thinking about that. Oh, it's fine. Move it along. Thinking about that. That's fine. Move it along. And just keep doing that. And eventually you're going to realize that you just have some sort of underlying happiness that sits there. It's just like a, it's an effervescent joy of being, right? It's not about a stimulant. That's a, something that somebody did to you that makes you happy in the temporary. Happiness is always fleeting. You can never 
that's just an illusion that something in the external is going to just make you happy. You engender happiness inside of yourself by virtue of what your um, what light and what truth you're pulling in through your body. So for that individual, just try to be creative in in looking at things a little bit differently. And then if they really need something, they can contact me because I have some microdosing mushrooms that they can use that will uh, really make them happy. <laughs> you know, because I've had a lot of people come in here who are really miserable, obviously. And um, as a practitioner, I have these uh, uh, microdosing psilocybin uh, mushrooms that I dole out for people who are in that situation where they are in a funk and a depression and they can't get out of it. And uh, just to shift the mind slightly so they can get that creative, you know, understanding so they can run on that and, and reset themselves nicely. Thank you. Thank you so much for that answer. It was very, uh, very complete. I look forward to visiting you in Canada when I'm not in this situation. Um, Ted, we're getting close to the last five minutes. Any last ways you want to close it out? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there's so many directions we could go. I'd like to try to end on somewhat of an upbeat, but uh, I'm just curious, like I know you shared some strategies for how we can kind of effectively deal with what's going on right now, but you know, I've been you know, frantically working on, not frantically, I've been working on a garden and I've got a, a chicken coop project and you know, we've had Terry Tillard and, and he shared, you know, he's basically leaving the country. So um, I'm just curious if you have any insight into what you're doing, what are you doing to uh, and not in, you know, not in a state of fear or panic, but just are you preparing and what are you doing and how are you keeping yourself centered and grounded? And I sort of touched on that, but any other tips or, or tricks you have in like what you could be doing? Because I know, you know, the narrative is the fall winter is going to be who knows what, but uh, what, are, what are you doing in that regard? Uh, well, uh, you know, I've picked up my um, my gardening act a little bit be better this year. I made it more of a priority. I bought a greenhouse um, as well so I can grow later into the uh, winter time. I have a huge garden now. I'm actually getting into harvesting and putting down food, preserving it, uh, either by blanching and freezing it or by fermenting it or by canning it. And uh, I'm not doing it from fear. I'm just doing it by knowledge because the we know that the what the plan is is to squeeze us into their new world order, and in order for um, sorry, in order for us to uh, overcome that and not be high and dry, we have to just prepare. That's all. I mean, I'm sure the preppers are laughing right now. I mean, they've been prepping for ages. There's they're they've got their underground bunkers built. They've got you know food for years. Like they. <laughs> they have like sh razors for years. So find a prepper, <laughs> find a prepper group and make friends because they'll probably be selling half of their stuff at some point because they, they ported so much of it. There's ways through this. Okay. Just find what you're good at. Um, just start to save a little bit of food. Even if you have access to food, the prices are going to go really skyrocketing. So we have, that's why I've been, every time I go grocery shopping, I just buy extra, um, goods that will last and I just store them. So just, you know, get a little bit extra every time you go, um, make sure you're saving seeds, make sure you're starting like even a container garden in your house if you have to, you know, you can make herbs, whatever. I've been um, purchasing a lot of superfoods and making sure I do have a lot of superfoods. I have lots on my website, it's yumnaturals.com. So I have like, you know, spirulina and chlorella and maca and ginseng and these sorts of things just to make sure you've got enough dense nutrition 
um, and uh, and things that might be hard to come by. Um, like I'm also buying it just a natural uh, solar generator just as a backup and things like that. Um, I have a local spring, and I've been every time I go to the spring to collect water, I'm getting extra jars, uh, jugs of water, and that sort of thing. So just be, just know that they're going, they're nasty things, and they're going to try to make our lives really uncomfortable for a while. Uh, it might last a few months, it might last a year. We don't know how long this this game they're gonna play it and how fast people are gonna wake up once the, the it really gets difficult. So um, yeah, just think about gardening. Think about uh, gardening with people, maybe community gardening, um, who, who has different skill sets that you could lean on for things. Maybe somebody's really good at sewing, maybe somebody's really good at cooking and fermenting and canning maybe have a canning party with some of your friends and like hey we're gonna buy a bushel of whatever let's get together and put down food properly and uh and then we can all you know share it or whatever so get creative with those solutions that's really what I, i'm just really thinking about food a lot um and being self-sufficient so if if any i'm not depending on the government for anything i'm not depending on these institutions for anything so think like that if they were gone if they were out of your reality, how would you survive? What would you need? Think of it like that. And, and so how can you become more self-sufficient? If the power goes out, what does it look like for you? If the heat goes out, what does it look like for you? Right? That's, that's the thinking. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. I wanted to make sure to, to plug your book here. This is Amanda's book, Healing with DMSO. It's an excellent read, a wonderful uh, time with you. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to start a conversation with you? Well, I have a few websites and there, there's, you know, uh, email contacts and stuff there. So there's yummy.doctor. That's my website for if they want to book me for consultations and, uh, or, you know, they want to know what products to select, then we do like little consults. And then my yumnaturals.com. That's my website where, you know, I make, you know, over 150 <laughs> products. I should, I should recount that it's probably higher now because I keep adding to it and I keep saying it's 150, but it's probably probably more now. Um, but uh, the, so all my holistic natural products, DMSO infused products are on that website, plus professional supplements and some other, you know, medical jewelry and things that are natural solutions that work for people. And then I have my, my just my book um, website, healingwithdmso.com. So any of those routes, they can sign up to my newsletter. And uh, I just haven't really got around to responding to my newsletter just yet. But I'm getting to that, <laughs> but they can at least sign up to keep, you know, communication going. And of course, I have my YouTube channel, Yum Naturals Emporium, and uh, I'm on Instagram, Amanda.Volmer. Um, I have those uh, uh, also on Instagram, like Yum Naturals and so forth, and on Facebook and things. And I'm on Minds, and I'm on MeWe, and I'm on, uh, you know, all of these other alternative sites, because we're using these platforms until they're done. There's a really exciting platform I'm going to announce soon that um, will take YouTube down. YouTube be over once this one comes up. It's basically TikTok and YouTube together in this new format, and it's brilliant. And I'm excited. It's going to launch, I think, in uh, mid-September. So I'll talk about that in another video later. But we're, we're creating cool things that the elite might not even have a clue about. And we're just making them obsolete, building our own world right around it. So just keep building, keep thinking positive, keep being creative. Don't worry about that, them and their stupidity and their ignorance. Just do what you've got to do now, especially the men. We need grounded, strong warrior men and women 
But I'm saying the men need to step up their A game, take the damn masks off, take the, the face diapers off and get their balls back and step it up a notch because we're going to need grounded males to protect the women and children because they're coming after the children in the fall. And uh, we need them more than ever. And it's, it's being asked of the divine masculine and the divine feminine to step it up and to, to be, uh, it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to have a little bit of discomfort. We've had it good for a while and we've had it maybe too good. So now it's time to, um, you know, step it, step up our game. So yeah. But thank you for having me. It was really well, great. I, I really can't great. thank you enough for being with us. And, and just from a personal note, I mean, it gives me hope and light just to know that there's Amanda Vollmer in the world. And um, you're somebody very near and dear to my heart. And I just, I love your content. I love your message and what you're putting out. And um, yeah, I can't thank you enough for joining us and for being a part of the Health Summit. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks, all of you. It was great. Um, you know, we could probably talk forever. And uh, <laughs> and I love the summit. It's brilliant that you pulled it together. Congratulations. You know, it's your first health summit and you're really coming on the scene and really, you know, stepping up your own game and realizing that you have your family to protect and that you've you've overcome your fears and your, you know, uh, a lot of things that were holding you back. And so you're a leader as well. And people are watching you and what you're doing. And so the more people who bravely do that and take the risks even though you don't you're not sure of the outcome um that's really what we're, this is the time to do it is now so you're yeah. doing that and, I, uh, I appreciate you saying that i mean one of the things that really hit me on the when we had our, our last facebook live and you said speak your truth even if your voice quivers and you know i'm somebody historically that has been pretty shy and quiet introverted and through my health journey and, and learning about my own innate power it's the subtractive process of just coming out and, and speaking my truth and connecting with people like you and just to be able to share space with you um, and to be able to speak to you is a true honor. And I feel like, you know, I'm doing, I'm on the right path because look at what we've generated together and uh, truly amazing and an amazing day that we're generating here. And I hope that this is uh, making real effective change for people. So thank you again for your time. Yeah. Thank you. We are making the change. We are it. We're creating what we need so we're all doing it it's happening so awesome. i look forward to this what's the it's five o'clock tonight for the uh round table discussion that's correct five five to six or however late we go uh eastern time yeah okay well we'll see you then all right see you then take care thank you amanda thank Bye -bye. you bye-bye